Hi, I'm Danny Simon, and I lead the New Life Fellowship Church here at Manipal. I'm so glad that you tuned in with us today to listen to our audio podcast. Do subscribe so that you can tune in every week. You know, I believe that a spoken word can change lives, and my prayer and my hope is that as you listen to today's message, it will change your life as you know it. Enjoy the message. Series. I'm going to say this. I'm going to repeatedly say this. You know, till the end of this series, yeah. You know, God has a dream for each and every one. God has a purpose for each and every one of us. You know, it's not that God has sent us into this world saying that, ah, huh, I need to add one more person into this world. Okay, population numbers seem to be decreasing, so I need to add you into this world. No. God has had a purpose every time. The minute that He created, He fashioned us. You know, inside of our mother's womb. He created us for a purpose and sent us into this world, so, you know, to fulfill that God-given purpose in our lives. And many times, you know, we've seen this over the last couple of weeks. Okay, um, we've seen this, you know, uh, to be happening. Many times, you know, we have a dream. You know, sometimes we we pursue certain things in our lives. Sometimes, you know, we go through certain things in our lives. We think that man. I think this is what God wants me to. Do. And I'm not saying that you know that's not necessarily what God doesn't have for us. Sometimes you know God opens doors. Because those are the paths that God intends for us to take. But many times, when we become all about that, and instead of you know what God has really purposed for us, when there is a disconnect that takes place between the two, then we might find ourselves you know drifting, drifting, drifting to the place you know what originally started out as God's plan, and end up in a place where we are not satisfied, we are not fulfilled, and we find ourselves you know with a vacuum, a void that is deep inside of our heart. Now. You know, one of the things that we've been doing, okay, um, over the last couple of weeks, we've been looking into the life of Joseph. All right, um, we've seen, you know, about Joseph's dreams, Joseph's life, and uh, week one we dealt with, you know, turning pride off. Okay, we talked about pride, how important it is, you know, not to have pride as we move into the purpose or the calling that God has for us. All right, uh, week two we also dealt with, you know, sometimes you know we might end up in a pit, we might get. Um, you know, sidelined or you know, thrown into something where we seem to not be able to come out. Okay, I mean, I titled it as avoiding potholes. Okay, we end up in places where we think, man, I'm in a dark zone. I don't know how to get out of this. I'm stuck. Okay, I don't know how to move forward. Okay, those are things that you know we need to we we can come across in our lives as we are pursuing you know the dream or the purpose that God has in store for us. Last week we looked at you know how important it is to be faithful in every small area of our life. Sometimes you know when we are pursuing you know what God has in store for us, we might find ourselves in you know one place or the other place, and we think that well, this is not important for me. I don't need to be here because I know what God has intended for me. But it's important that you know we remain faithful where God has called us to be. If you look, remember the life of Joseph. Joseph had this dream. Okay, and he knew at some point that it was from God that you know, man, everybody is going to bow down to me. I'm going to be in a very, very influential position one day. He could have looked at that position and said that, man, today I'm a slave to Potiphar. This is not where I'm supposed to be. He could have said, man, this is I don't have to, you know, really put my effort into this place. But he came to a place where he said that, listen, I think this is important, and he was faithful as could ever be. And we saw this last week from a slave position, he was promoted to be the overseer over there. Right, and uh, those are a couple of things that we looked at last week. Okay, today is again something that uh, I think you know we we uh, dealt with very specifically, you know, in our series love, sex, and marriage. Okay, and uh, I think it was I don't know why, but you know somehow the Holy Spirit keeps putting this whole topic back into you know our church, and you know we have to talk about it, and you know somehow I think it is something that the Holy Spirit wants to continuously bring revelation about this specific area. I think I don't have to mention this. I think it's very well known. Manipal, I think one of the strongest, you know, demonic spirits that exist in Manipal is the demonic spirit of lust. All right, and I think that's one of the reasons why God wants us to definitely go to. So, I titled today's message as maintaining purity. Okay, maintaining purity. All right, we're in week four. Okay, and um, now when you think about the word sex. What's the first thing that comes into your mind? When you think about the word sex, okay, sometimes you know it's it's embarrassing when someone comes and asks you, hey, "What do you think about sex?" I mean, of course, nobody. I'm sure you've never had anybody ask you that, let alone in a church. Somebody is asking, "What do you think about sex?" Okay, so 
I'm just saying, you know, it's 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 you know, it it's something that is so popular. Okay, even though maybe it's not well talked about in terms of communication, you see this being displayed all over. All right, people use sex to sell stuff. Okay, you look at advertisements. You look at some of the most popular advertisements today has to add to deal with sexual images. Okay, it's it, it's so prominent. You know, it, it, I mean, the, I think the commonest thing that you know you keep hearing most of the time is sex sells. All right, and that's one of the most commonest things that advertising companies and agencies you know really push forward because they feel that man, if you can just get something that is sexual in nature up there, your product is going to go up much faster. Your ratings can actually go up much faster. You know, TV ratings they do the same thing. You know, they can project a few things here, a few things there. They have the high TV viewership ratings that keeps coming over this. But can I tell you this? All right, sex has become so cool. All right. and somehow you know the image what god wanted to paint in every person's life in regard to this entire area of sex has been so perverted has been so you know brought down that today you know it's it's something that people often refer to as disgusting people don't want to talk about it people want to keep it under the wraps they don't want to really bring it out at all all right now but here's something that you know i want to lay you know as a foundation when on the beginning of today's message listen if you're not careful in this area of art, All right. If you are not careful to let me put it this way, if you are not careful to maintain our purity, the way that God has intended for us to maintain it, can I tell you this? We can get derailed or we can get sidetracked into fulfilling the purpose or the calling that God had in store for our lives. Now, um, again, you know, we're doing, you know, we're looking at the life of Joseph. Okay, we're going to pick up again from his life today, and. Um, You remember Joseph? The last time we saw him, he was the overseer in the palace. I mean, not in the palace, in Potiphar's house. Okay, he was still the position of a slave, but he was the overseer. All right. So we're going to pick up reading from Genesis chapter thirty-nine, verse seven to thirteen. All right. And it came to pass after these things that his master, that is Potiphar's wife, cast longing eyes on Joseph, and she said, "Lie with me." But he refused and said to his master's wife, "Look, my master does not. My master does not know." what is with me in the house and he has committed all that he has to my hand there is no one greater in this house than i nor has he kept back anything from me but you because you are his wife how then can i do this great wickedness notice you know how joseph addresses this particular thing all right he calls sexual immorality as a great wickedness i don't want you to miss that okay jesus says you know how then can i do this great wickedness and sin against god Verse 10. So it was as she spoke to Joseph day by day that he did not heed to her to lie with her or to be with her. Verse 11. But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the house was inside that she caught him by his garment, saying, "Lie with me." But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran. Right? And I mean, you know, if you've gone through Joseph's story, you know this whole portion of you know this particular scripture. And can I tell you, you know, what Joseph did here? Okay, is very congruent, you know, with what Paul writes to the church at Corinthians. You know, First Corinthians six eighteen, he says, you know, to flee sexual immorality, and that's exactly what Joseph did. The minute, you know, he he knew this was an attack. He knew that, you know, this was coming. What did he do? He didn't wait to, you know, stay back there. He didn't wait to reason it out, logify, you know, with her and saying that, you know, man, this. He didn't wait for it. The minute she came and offered herself, he immediately scooted from the place. He ran away. From that place, you know, according to what again, and that's why I said this is very, very much in common. What God's word says, okay, flee sexual immorality. Now, what I want to do, you know, with the remaining of our time today, all right, is you know, there's one particular thing, sexual immorality. I want to, you know, kind of uh, give you or you know, go through particular things. You know, what immorality, sexual immorality or impurity can actually do in our Personalize, you know how it can damage, you know, not just our lives but even the people around us. Can I tell you this? It also can affect your walk with the Lord. All right. So here's what here's the first thing that I want us to give. Okay, um, impurity affects your family. Okay, here's the first thing that I want to lay down. Impurity affects your family. Now, if you remember, you know the story of King David. Okay, the famous you know portion where King David fell. King David committed adultery with Bathsheba. 
and um, you know the whole thing happened and after that you know you read that you know how david fell mortally you know you read that in the book of second samuel chapter 11 you know what's interesting two chapters after second samuel chapter 11 second samuel chapter 13 you will see his children also fall in the same area all right in the same area and and i believe you know one of the reasons why david was not able to really you know handle you know what happened with his children was because he was blinded by this particular area of sexual immorality in his own Okay. Now, um, can I can I tell you this? Okay, one of the deceptions, you know, by which uh, today the industry, okay, pornographic industry, or you know, for that matter, um, any any industry, you know, that is using sex as an object, you know, to sell things. Do you know what is the one of the deceptions that they are actually basing it off of? You know, what's one of the deceptions that they're actually basing it on? Of okay, the deception is simply this. Okay. that as long as you don't do anything it's all right as long as you're just watching as long as you know you're just thinking about it as long as you know you're not actually engaged in that act it's absolutely which is why you know pornography is you know so rampant and so selling because listen you're not damaging anybody else you're not you know getting into sex with somebody else actually you're just looking at a few images you're looking at some videos you're just you know gratifying yourself in that whole process Can I tell you that's one of the biggest deceptions that the enemy has been laying as a foundation in everybody's life all over the world. Okay, now this is word you know that that you often see in the Bible. I mean, I didn't realize you know the difference between these two words. Okay, there's a word called transgression. How many of you heard the word transgression in the Bible? You've probably seen you know the word transgression many times. You know that come across in the Old Testament especially. Okay, now. What is transgression? Transgression means literally, you know, the actual Hebrew meaning of that word literally means to step over the line. All right? Can I tell you in, in simple language? Okay, it's literally crossing boundaries. It's literally stepping over the line. It's literally crossing boundaries. And in in words that you know that we can really understand, it's actually engaging in the act of sin. Transgression is a sin. Okay, it's the physical act of sin. It's something you know that you're saying that listen. I'm 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 not just thinking about doing sin, but I'm actually doing the sin that is. Okay, that's what transgression is. Now, there's another word that you find for sin in the Bible. Okay, it's the word iniquity. Have you have you heard of the word iniquity? Okay, iniquity. I n i q i t y. Okay, again, you see this. Both these words, you know, being flashed to and fro in the Old Testament many many times. It's there even in the New Testament. All right. What is iniquity? Iniquity is a motivation inside you. Okay, it's the, it's the, it's the it's the thing that you know that urges you to go forward and sin. So, what is the difference between iniquity and transgression? Iniquity is the thought of sin. Every time you know you conceive that whole idea that listen, hey, I think I want to do it and do it. That's iniquity. The minute you think about it, that's all. That's an iniquity. And when you actually get engaged in the act of doing it, that's what's called as transgression. Did you get the difference? Okay, I know it's a little bit of study here, but I want us to understand the difference because I'll, you know, I'll get to what I'm trying to say in the moment. All right? Iniquity is an inward motivation. Transgression is an outward. Okay, transgression um, is probably not a word that we use, but the English word for transgression today, that at least again, that's also not a very common word. You heard of the word trespass, right? Trespassing is literally what you call crossing over. That's what transgression. You have not just thought about it, but you've actually stepped over the line. You stepped over the boundary line, and you've actually done something that you should not have done. Can I tell you this? Both of them, in God's eyes, both of them. The minute you think about it, itself is a sin, and even if you do it, that also is a sin. It's not like one is greater, one is lesser. No, both of them are equally sin in the eyes of God. Now, you know, here's here's something that you know that I want us to look at. Okay. God is speaking this. Okay, He's speaking to Moses in this. Okay, Exodus chapter thirty-four, verse six to seven. Look at what He says. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, "The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity." You see the word there, forgiving iniquity, which is your inward motivation, the thoughts of sin, and transgression. Not only does God forgive your iniquity, the way that you think about it, or the way you know the motivation to go ahead and sin, but also transcends the actual act of sin, okay, 
and sin by no means clearing the guilty now what's this now visiting the what of the fathers the iniquity it's not the act okay but the iniquity you know the thoughts inside the heart of the fathers and he visits the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and to the fourth generation what is that listen any time you know you indulge in the thought of sexual immorality any time you indulge in the thought of impurity whether it's just watching a pornographic movie whether you know you know it doesn't have to be full on porn right it can be just you know you're watching act you know a man and woman get together and they're doing you know they're not showing everything on the this thing it can be in a just an aerated movie it's not a triple x movie but i'm just saying any time you just look at it and you start thinking about it can i tell you this that becomes an iniquity inside your heart here's what is saying listen it's not the fact that you've actually gone out and done something wrong just the fact that you've thought about it is reason enough for god to you know visit the iniquity of the fathers to the children to the children your children your children's children your future generations are going to be affected simply because you indulge quite often in the thought of this and that's what i don't want you to miss impurity can affect them if you think you know man if i just watch a few images if this is about me this is going to end with me no it's not the very fact that you are carrying that iniquity within your heart is in reason enough for to, to pass to the next generation to the next generation and you know can i tell you this okay i'll, I'll come back to this in a little detail a little later but it's it's very vital for us to recognize that listen impurity when i indulge myself in any kind of sexual immorality sexual impurity i'm endangering not just myself but i'm endangering my family members alongside it's important for us to know but you know what's the good news jesus took care of it jesus took care of the thoughts in your heart and the acts of sin again okay. it's there uh, prophetic uh, you know isaiah said this isaiah 53 was 5 but he was wounded for our transgressions okay and this is a very popular verse and i don't know how many of us have actually understood the in depth meaning of you know what it really meant he was wounded externally for our acts externally of sin and he was bruised internally internally bleeding why right? for our internal thoughts inside us and jesus died and paid the iniquities and transgressions okay now again you know this is something i'm just laying the foundation okay i'm getting into it a little bit okay maybe yes maybe you're caught with thoughts okay or what do you do about it i'll come back to that in a moment okay Number one, what I want us to recognize is impurity affects what your family. Okay, it affects your family, it affects my family. Here's number two: impurity affects your impurity affects your walk with the Lord. You know, if you are on a you know ongoing relationship with the Lord, if you think, man, my relationship with the with the Lord is really this high, the minute sexual impurity enters into your life. your faith your walk with the lord goes a complete toss it may not happen immediately but over a period of time as you keep indulging in sexual thoughts in sexual impurity you know if you are into the act of it, i'm telling you listen it will eventually downgrade or bring down the faith or the walk with the lord that you have in your personal life now again this is something you know that i mentioned in the series love sex and marriage okay um this was you know this was something this is a q and a that was going on okay and and um one of the things you know that that was uh, that was questioned okay uh, in the q and a was the young people you know they came up and asked this question hey um you know we're in love with each other there's a guy and a girl they're in love with each other all right we we're thinking of entering into a living relationship okay so you know why should we get married you know why what's the reason for marriage you know i mean after all at the end of the day marriage is just a piece of paper right it's just a contract right i mean why should you know a boy and a girl who's love with each other who knows that you know we're going to live together for the rest of our life why should we get you know what difference you know through the question very well what difference does a piece of paper make anyone wants to answer to that question the piece of paper of marriage it's true it doesn't really make any I mean, at the end of the day, what's a piece of paper contain? It contains your signature. It contains the person you're getting married's signature. Listen, that. But you know what's the difference between a marriage covenant, okay, 
It has nothing to do with the paper. A marriage covenant is when a guy and a girl come together, you know, in holy matrimony. You know what happens? The blessing of God comes into that marriage for the rest of the you know what's the difference between a piece of paper and a marriage covenant? A marriage covenant is the fact that, man, there's a third person in that relationship. Not just a guy, not just a girl. But God is also there in their marriage. And that is what keeps that marriage. Why is marriage important? Because it's a covenant where God comes in and God abides inside. That's why marriage is important. But, but, but you know, this, this is, you know, one of the reasons why, you know, God says, you know, to flee sexual immorality. He's saying, listen, the minute you indulge yourself in sexual immorality, there's a lot of things that can actually take place. Now, um, there are, there's, you know, I mean, again, we did this in detail, you know, in that last series. I don't want to go in depth into this, but can I tell you one of the reasons why it's important to flee sexual immorality? Can I tell you why? Okay. Because if you don't flee from sexual immorality, sexual immorality is a sin by itself, yes. Okay? But the minute you indulge into it, it opens the doorway for so many other sins to come to you. I want to think about, you know, again, go back to the story of King David. What happened to King David? You know, he committed sexual immorality with uh, Bathsheba. And what did that what did that lead him to? He committed adultery. He had to lie. He had to commit murder. It opened up the doorway for numerous sins, you know, into his life. Why? Because he was just simply trying to cover up one sin, which he had also made. Now, okay, now that, 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 that's, the, you know, the Old Testament story. I want you to think about, you know, okay, think about Manipal, okay, because I'm sure this happens in Manipal. And think about, you know, the fact that a guy and a girl is going out together, all right? They get a chance, you know, to be alone. I don't know. In a room or in a hotel or whatever. They get a chance to be alone. The minute they come out of that room and you know they come to their friends and let's say all the friends or you know let's say their parents call up you know while they're in there all right what are you going to say you know let's say let's say the girl's parents call them up okay and the parents say hey where are you okay where, where are you i'm having sex with you think they'll say that they want to say that right i mean they, they, they find out man i'm out with a friend okay i'm in this place or i'm with you know, it opens up the doorway for that and, and you know, let's say they, okay, fine, forget the parents. Let's say they go back to their friends. Let's say, I didn't see you, where were you? Oh, I was with my boyfriend, I was with my girlfriend. What were you doing? How long were you this? I know. You know, it, it, can I tell you, it, it literally opens the doorway. Anytime you indulge into one of these things, I'm telling you, it opens the doorway for numerous things to fall in one, one after the other. Okay, now, I don't know if you know if you're aware of this, but let me just tell you a great deception that we need to experience. Okay, and and um, you know, it took for me for it took me years to recognize this deception. Can I tell you what you know this whole idea or you know this whole um, the sexual impurity or you know the thoughts that come in? You know what it really is? It's literally just an appetite of the flesh. Okay, and and can I tell you when I say appetite of the flesh? Now, let me give you an example. Okay, let's say. There's a guy and a girl who is in love with each other. Alright, they're in this great relationship and they end up, you know, having premarital sex, you know, right? Right? And let's say, you know, they end up, you know, talking to their parents and they end up getting married. Now, you know what the problem is? Before they, you know, because they indulge in premarital sex before marriage, you know what's the problem with that? The problem with that is because, you know, because they wanted to do sex, they had to sneak around to actually get to they had to hidingly do it. They had to, you know, they, they couldn't just openly do it. They had to, you know, find ways where they could actually have sex. Now, once they get married, do they have to hide anything? They don't have to hide. Now it's like in the open. So what's the problem? The problem there is pre-marital sex. You know, they come into this place where they have this appetite, man. We need to sneak around to do this. We need to sneak around. With it. And it's an unhealthy appetite, you know, which has been developed, you know, without the person knowing about this unhealthy appetite. I hope, I hope you're getting this. Okay, let me, let me, let me just take this example a little forward. Okay. Now they don't have to sneak around anymore. It's open. They, they, can, they can just do as much as they want to do it. But you know what happens? Because they have this appetite for sneaky sex, if I can say it that way. They don't really enjoy doing this very openly because, man, this, there's nothing exciting about it. There's no, can I say this? There's no adrenaline rush anymore. 
because the other one we have to hide we have to make sure you know everything is there this that and everything now there is nothing we it's it's done it's come to a place where it's bored can i tell you this this is one of the reasons why many married men okay i'm not you know discounting the married women too many married men many married women you know what they start flirting with people in the college in the office you know why because suddenly there's something exciting about that whole flirtation because suddenly now you know man there's something new there's something new that starts and let's say you know they get into an affair what happens then? the whole idea of sneakiness comes back into the picture and suddenly you know the guy you know who doesn't realize that man i have a unhealthy appetite for you know sneaky sex suddenly this whole unhealthy appetite comes back then if man i have to hide it from my wife i have to hide it from you know my colleagues my coworkers hide it from everybody and just you know put away this and then suddenly because they are involved you know with this other woman what happens with the wife they feel you know even the emotional connection starts to degrade and starts to degrade. and over a period of time you know what happens the husband and the wife they can be and let's say you know they are like really you know at it at each other with this lady at the office or you know this they get married okay now you know what the problem is the cycle is repeated and now suddenly man i'm married to this lady i don't have to do any more sneaky mess at all everything is in the open and then what do you think happens the same process starts taking the other way can i tell you this i don't know if you are aware okay maybe you don't know that many people who are married i know people who have been married two three times okay three three times i know people first they been divorced i mean people don't say you know we've been married to that they say they divorced that's the way it is what's the reason because they don't realize that man we have developed this unhealthy appetite like they themselves are not ready to this is why you know god is so particular and so particular about the fact that man you need to flee sexual immorality listen the very very small thing that thing that comes you need to learn to run away from it don't don't linger around don't say that man I can resist it. I can, you know, overcome it. It's going to be so difficult because you will end up in such deception. You will not even realize the deception that you are actually following. Now, like I said earlier, you know, what do you do? Let's say when you thought of sexual things, and let's say you, you know, you, you know, you defile your mind with all of these things. What do you do with those things? Just like any other sin. you learn to come before the lord you learn to come and confess it before the lord you learn to come and repent before the lord and you turn to god with the sin that you have actually committed can i tell you god is gracious to forgive you every single time which is why listen one of the things that i had to deal with personally when i was struggling in this area of pornography was i had to deal with that whole area of sin because i used to think that man how many times i'm going to go back to the lord How many times I'm going to go back to the Lord and ask for forgiveness again and again and again? I'm sure God will be tired of saying many. So many times we've been through this. So many times, can I tell you, God is gracious to forgive us every single time that we go into His presence. Okay. So number one, impurity affects your family. Number two, impurity affects your what did I say? Your faith. And here's the third thing: impurity can affect your future. Impurity can affect your future. Now. I want you to think about Joseph, right? What do you think Joseph was thinking by this time? I mean, Joseph had this great dream from God. Joseph was thrown into the pit. Now he's sold off as a slave. He's in an unknown land with you know foreigners, and I mean, what what do you think he was he was thinking? I don't know. You know, if any time maybe the enemy Satan would have gone and told Joseph, Joseph, you're done. You know, any plan, any way that God could have used you, God cannot use you anymore. You messed up. You, you know, fallen. You, you just you forget it. You know, the whole plan of God is never going to come to pass. Can I tell you this? Okay, the only person who can damage or you know put you off track from God's plan to come to pass in your life, you know who is that person? You are the only person who can thwart or who can derail you off. God's purpose in your life. God's never going to say that man. He's messed up. I cannot use. She's messed up. I cannot use. 
It doesn't matter how many times you mess up. Listen, like I said earlier, anytime you mess up and you feel like, man, I messed up and you realize that, listen, if you're willing to come to a place of humility to say that, Lord, please forgive me for the things that I have done. Lord, I, I, I recognize that I've done wrong. I admit I've done wrong. If you're willing to confess it before the Lord and if you're willing to you know, repent of it and come off it, can I tell you, God's never going to come to a place where He pushes you. But the minute you think that, my life I messed up, I don't think I can ever come to a place where I can actually get Even if God wants to push you back on the track, you know, to fulfill His purpose, because you have sidelined yourself, we have, you know, put your mind up on God cannot. The only person who can be really off God's purpose for your life is you, yes. Alright? But here's something that I also want us to understand. Alright? In this one particular area of Alright? We can do everything that we want to do or we want to try to do to try and overcome this particular area. But I believe in two things that's very, very essential, you know, to for us to come out or to be victorious in this area. And I've seen victory or I've seen, you know, that happen in my life only because of these two ones particular. One is in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We need the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit to be able to overcome, you know, this particular weakness or this particular sin. You know, that's one. The number two thing which I strongly believe which we require to be able to overcome this area is in the area of We need to come to a place where, man, we're willing to confess, we're willing to open up in front of, you know, some pastor or some spiritual leader and say that, listen, I've messed up, I've, you know, gone through this whole process. We need to come to that place, we're willing to confess it and bring it out into the light and come to a place of complete healing and restoration. The minute, you know, we come to a place where we're filled with the Holy Spirit and we have gone through the process of inner healing, can I tell you this? It doesn't matter how deeply, you know, you are in the area of sexual impurity. God will give you the power to be able to come out victoriously in this area. Alright? So, what I want to do, you know, is give you a very, very practical thing because this was a revelation God gave to me years back. Okay, and I've lived off that revelation and, you know, I've seen victory in this area primarily because of this one revelation. So, impurity, number one, you know, it affects your family. Number two, it affects your walk with the Lord. It affects your faith. Number three, it affects, you know, your future. And here's number four. Where does impurity begin? It begins in your thoughts. It begins with what you look at. Okay. It begins with what you look at. Now, I want you to go back to the story of Joseph. Okay. Uh, Genesis chapter 39, verse 6 to 7. Look at, you know, how... You know, that whole idea of lust, you know, started coming into Potiphar's life. Genesis 39, 6-7. Thus he, Potiphar, left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now look at this. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. Okay, that's verse 6. What does verse 7 say? What does verse 7 say? And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph and she said, Where did lust begin? Lust begin, began in Potiphar's wife the minute she set her eyes on Joseph's innocence. You know what's the best way to stay off sexual impurity? I'll say it in two words if you don't get anything what I say. Don't look. So don't look. Just look. Okay, if you find, you know, a beautiful girl walking past you, just make sure you turn your face. If you find a handsome guy, you know, walking past you, make sure you turn. Don't keep looking at, looking at, looking at, because can I tell you this? Look leads to lust, and lust, you know, can open up the doorway for some things. Now, I didn't make this up. You know who, who, you know, who verifies this particular thought? Jesus is. Okay, you must have heard this very famous verse, okay? Matthew chapter 5 verse 28, okay, this is what Jesus says. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in heart. Now, you know, this verse, you know, should, should really tell us one thing. Where does adultery begin? Does it begin in the heart or does it begin in the hands? It begins inside. It begins with iniquity. Iniquity is a sin. The minute you start thinking about lust, it leads to But here's another thing that I don't want you to miss. Look, lust 
about. Where does it begin? It doesn't begin in the heart. That is another area, you know, which I had to deal with personally and I've heard, you know, so many people say that, listen, lust, that person has lust because it's there inside the heart. It doesn't begin there. You know where it begins? Jesus said, it begins with your eyes. It begins with what you look at. What are you watching? What are you looking at? The minute, the, the more time you spend looking at filth, can I tell you what happens? Filth accumulates inside you. That's why. That's why Jesus said, listen, the, when you start looking, that's when lust starts happening. Lust doesn't automatically, you know, begin inside, inside you. That, it begins with what you start looking. You know, um, I remember years back, uh, you know, we had a youth pastor and, and, you know, he was teaching on this whole thing and he said, you know, uh, I think, you know, sometimes it's difficult, you know, with the first look, okay, just make sure you don't have the second look, okay? Can I tell you, it never helped me. Okay, the second look factor never helped me. You know what I did? I just had a very long first look. Simple. Okay, simple as that. I mean, who I don't want to look a second time. I'm going to do it the first time anyway. Okay, I, can I tell you this, okay? I really had to train myself to look away from the things that I was not particularly Right? Can I say this church? Looking empowers lust. The more time you spend looking at the stuff that you should be looking at, it starts developing inside of your heart. It leads your heart into those things. You start thinking and you start meditating on those things simply because you keep exposing yourself to those things that you should be doing. Okay. Now, you know, <laughs> Again, I could just go on talking about this particular subject, okay, because this is something which I had to deal with very, very personally, okay? Can I tell you this, okay, church? One of the ways that I was able to find victory in my own life, okay, was when I came to a place where I could confess every thought inside of my head, every sexual impure thought that I had inside of me, I could share it openly with my wife. I could openly share it. Okay, and I'm, I've heard so many, you know, men speak about this. I've heard men teach about this as well, that man, you shouldn't share it with your wife. Okay, can I tell you this? Okay, I know that most of you are not married here. Okay, but can I tell you this? Listen, if you're struggling, okay, I think it's always better to struggle together rather than. Can I say that again? If you're struggling in any area, I mean, okay, we're talking about sexual impurity, but I'm saying in any area, you're struggling in any area. It's better to struggle together rather than struggle. Okay, for all of you unmarried ones, I realize this might be a pre-marital class, but okay, take it, all right? Promise you it's worth, you know, the whole thing. It's better to struggle together. It's better to bring out the thing that you're struggling with someone that you are in love with rather than keep it inside and think that, man, I don't know what that person can think. The minute you come into that place, I'm telling you, that's the place of self-deception. The enemy wants you to keep it hidden. The enemy doesn't want you to open up and share it, especially with your spouse. Whoever you get married to tomorrow, man, you don't need to put on a clean image in front of that person. Can I tell you why? Whether you say it or not, your spouse already knows. Okay. I'll come back to that, you know, in just a moment. But your spouse already knows about it. So, you know, you think that man, my spouse doesn't know, I'm going to keep it hidden, I'm going to keep it hidden. Man, she won't know as long as I don't tell her, he won't know as long as I tell her. They would have lived with you long enough to know that secrets that you've already They may not be able to tell exact detail, but they know that you're definitely hiding And that's good enough to distance or to separate your relationship even before it is blocked. I remember, you know, with me and Anu, you know, I came to a place where I was, you know, before marriage, you know, we came to a place where we wanted to confess everything about our past to each other before we got married. I think I mentioned, you know, a part of this, you know, made sex love and love sex series also. I came to a place where I told her, listen, these are the things that I've done, okay, sexually, these are the things that I've done. Sexually, these are the thoughts that I've had. Okay, this is who I am. You know this. I know when she heard the whole thing, I thought, you know, she's going to probably look at me or, you know, we were on the phone, you know, when we said this. We didn't have video calls back then. We had the old-fashioned, you know, we had to pay for the calls that we made. Okay. 
spend a lot of money. But anyways, I'm just saying, you know, we, we just on the phone and I thought, you know, she's probably going to, after listening to the whole thing, I thought she's going to look at, uh, hear me out and she said, okay, you never thought that you're such a pervert or, you know, I, I was expecting those kind of words to come out from her. And I, the first words that came out of me, so that's all. <laughs> okay, and then she said, listen, God's forgiven you of all those things, right? So, you think, you know, it's only just that I forgive you of all those things. And I was shocked. I was shocked, man, that, man, she was able to, you know, understand that and she was able to take that and say that, man, you know, I'm, I'm, if God's forgiven you, who am I to hold it up against? Okay, and then she opened up about her, but we always spoke about it. But here's what I want us to understand. It's important for us to recognize the fact that listen, God brings a guy and a girl together in marriage and he doesn't see them as two separate individuals. He sees them as one. So if you're struggling in one area, in any area of your life, it's important that you know you come to a place together and you're willing to struggle. Now, I want to talk you know, to all the girls, to all the ladies. You know, If you're married, okay. If you're not married, okay. I want you to listen to this. All you need. If your spouse, after you get married, or even, you know, maybe you're just fiancé, whatever, you know, and they come and confess to you all, saying that, listen, they're struggling in this area of porn. Okay? Don't be shocked. Okay? Don't put your... Okay? And, and, and can I tell you, listen, they're coming to you with a struggle, and they're coming and confessing it to you, not because they're saying that, listen, we love lust, and we love all those women that we've seen, and we love all those things that, you know, we are into and we don't love you for that. No. They're coming and saying, that I'm struggling in this area. Can I tell you this? Lust and love are not two things. Okay. Potiphar's wife did not love Joseph. Because if Potiphar's wife truly loved Joseph, she would not have been responsible to throw him into prison for the next 13 years. Joseph went into prison straight after him. You know this. And he was there for the next 13 years. Potiphar's wife really loved her. That's enough. It was Christmas. Lust and love has nothing to do with it. I don't want you to explain it. Lust is something, you know, can I tell you this like I told you earlier? Lust is an appetite of the flesh. That's what it is. That's all the It's just an appetite of the flesh. It's not love towards the things that they are lusting. Um, you know, I was thinking of some example, you know, to explain that. I couldn't think of any other example. And I know, please, 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 you know, um, bear with me. I know, you know, the example that I'm going to give has, you know, a two complete opposite poles. It has nothing literally to do with each other. Okay, but can I tell you this, ladies? Okay, when a guy comes and tells you that, you know, that we're struggling with porn or we're struggling with it, the reason why I'm emphasizing more on all of you unmarried ladies and all of you ladies is because I've seen a lot of women, all right, the minute the husband went and confessed to them that, listen, we're struggling with porn, the wife was like, man, shattered to pieces with one side of it. They just didn't know how to, you know, respond to it. Just respond to them, then you Now, let me give you an example, okay? I hope this is good enough, okay? And I know it's not the same, but hear me out, all right? Let's say, all you ladies, all right? Um, you know, you, 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 you want to have this thing. I think you have in Pune, right? Prespeaking. Yeah. Okay? There's in Bangalore, there is Prespeaking. We don't have in Manipur. Manipur have a Prespeaking? No, right? Okay? If you've ever had Prespeaking, it's like donuts, you know, it's like really good stuff. Every time you go to Bangalore, you get a pump. And you get to buy that 12. You're nodding your head, so I'm asking you. Okay? Let's say you've not had Prespeaking for three months. Okay? And you craving for Krispy Kreme right now. You want to have Krispy Kreme right now. And let's say you go and tell your husband, I want to have Krispy Kreme and I want to have right now, I want to have 12 right Can I tell you what your men will never do to you? They'll never say, huh. she loves Krispy Kreme more than me. They'll never say that. In fact, if it's possible, he will go and get Krispy Kreme for you. Can I tell you? When a guy comes and shares that he's struggling in the area of lust, it doesn't mean that, you know, he loves the lust or the woman that he's looking at more than 
but no. It's just an appetite of the flesh. And he's saying, I'm struggling with this. I don't know what to do about it. That's why I'm coming to you and I'm confessing. Can I tell you this? Okay, all you young unmarried ladies, listen. What would be the best for the guy, for your spouse, for the guy that you're going to get married to? Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't you like it that you'd be the first person that they would want to come and share it, you know, the struggles with you, rather than they go somewhere else and share the struggles? Okay, all you need is, you know, I mean, I want to think about this. Wouldn't it be better that your spouse would come to you rather than go to someone else and say that, man, I'm struggling with this age, I'm struggling with this Listen, there is a beauty in struggling. There is a beauty when it comes to struggling together. And, and then, <laughs> you know, I remember, you know, why I'm, again, why I'm saying this to the ladies and why I'm this, because you know, there was a survey that was done a long time ago, all right? And uh, they rated, you know, what's the number one need for a man, okay? And you know what's the number one need for a man? The sex. Sex was the number one thing on the list for men, all right? And um, sex was rated number 13 for the woman. Sex was rated number 13 for the woman. And um, sex, I mean, sex was rated number 13. And yeah, gardening was rated number 12. Okay, the women love gardening more than sex. I don't know how that is, but you know what is the number one thing for the woman? Was romance. The number one need for women was love. The number one need for men was sex. Okay, and can I tell you this? Both of them, okay, whether it's romance, whether it's sex, is an appetite of the flesh. And when a man comes out and says, listen, I'm struggling in this area. I, I don't know what to do with this. Listen, you need to learn to be compassionate. We need to learn to be gracious towards them rather than look at them with judgment. How could you? How could you look at that woman? How could you look at this woman? Listen, it, it, it really makes an effect when you're willing to be gracious towards, you know, your spouse. Okay. First um, John 2.16, John was writing to the church and here's what he says, you know, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. You know, can I tell you this? Lust Okay, all those three sins come in sexual immorality or sexual impurity. All those three sins comes there, you know. Look at it. I mean, the lust of the flesh, that's sexual impurity. The lust of the eyes, the sexual, in, sexual impurity, the pride of life, it comes along with It won't happen. All three things. Okay. You know, um, this is... this. Um, one of the things, you know, that, that, um, that, like I said, you know, my testimony, okay, was, you know, when, when I was able to open up and share it with her, when I was able to open up and share it with my wife, okay, she, she said it's okay. And I was shocked. I didn't know how she was going to take it, okay. Even after we married, you know, I said, listen, I want to be accountable to you. I came to a place where I said, listen, but the one person that I want to be accountable in this one particular area is you. Okay. I wanted to be accountable to her in this one particular. I mean, accountable to my pastor, I'm accountable, you know, to, uh, you know, um, to the other people, but I wanted to be accountable to my wife and the English. And because of that, you know, because I was able to bring it out into the light. Can I tell you this, you know, the minute we start judging some, somebody for their confession, when they bring out a struggle, when they bring out a struggle openly, can I tell you, lady, listen, if your guy, if your spouse comes and tells you that, you know, listen, I'm struggling with this area, I don't know what to do about this area. If you look at him with judgment, if you respond with judgment towards him, listen, you know what's going to happen? He's going to shut up. He's going to shut up. He's going to cover that area completely in his life. And you're going to leave and knowing to struggle in that area in darkness. Because when he brings it out to you, he brings it to the light. Okay, can, can, I want you to look at the scripture, okay? Um, Jesus is speaking this Matthew chapter 6 verse 22 to 23 the lamp of the body is the okay it goes to you know what we talked about you know lust begins where it begins in the light okay if therefore your eye is good your whole body will be full of light but if your eye is bad your whole body will be full of darkness if therefore light the light that is in you in is darkness how great is that darkness there is power in confession, when you bring it out, when you confess it, you are literally bringing it out into the light. God works in the light. Satan works in the light. 
which is why it's important to bring it out you know to bring it under accountability to bring it out into a place where man listen i want to be open vulnerable and transparent in this area of my struggle in my life can i tell you this marriage should be the greatest place where you can just openly share these things out loud without holding it without having a reason to hold you know um the scripture that's there you know job job says in job chapter 31 verse 1 this is a scripture which i had memorized you know years back i have made a covenant with my eyes why then should i look upon a young woman There's something that I've memorized, and I remember, you know, when God gave me the revelation of, you know, uh, this whole lust thing, and the fact that, you know, lust begins not in the heart; it begins with what you look at. Listen, I decided, listen, I need to keep memorizing, keep reminding myself, I need to be covenant with my eyes, and I don't look at something that's lustful, that's this, and 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 like I said, you know, earlier, you know, it was a struggle for me. It was a big struggle for me to be able to not look, you know, at the things. Especially if a girl walks by, especially if a woman walks by, it was very, very difficult for me to take my eyes off. Okay, I had to literally train myself. And I remember, you know, after we got married, and I told her, listen, um, I remember, you know, this. I, I told her this very clearly. I said, listen, if you find me in a place where you know something is not right, something is off the charts, I give you complete permission to confront me in this area, especially in this area of you know sexual impurity. Um. I'll not forget, you know, years back it was. I think uh, when we went to Malaysia, right? Um, we went to Malaysia. We had to attend the friend. I mean, one of you know the girls in the church. It was a wedding. We went for the wedding. Went to Malaysia and we walked into this mall. Okay. Walked into the mall and I don't want to say you know what the ladies, the girls were wearing there. Okay, because no man. Okay. So you know, the minute we walked into that mall, okay, the first thing you know, Anu told me was. Uh, I think you might want to, you know, close your eyes and walk around in the entire mall. I can't close my eyes and walk around in the entire mall. Okay, fine. And, and you know, we just started walking. We started going into the shops. We started shopping and this and that. And then, you know, I just stopped. You guys should understand why I stopped. Okay, I just stopped and I'm just, you know, just just lost. And then, you know, in just in just a flash, I'll not forget that. In just a flash, out of nowhere, I don't know where it came from. Okay. This is huge sharp pinch I got right, you know, right here, you know, right, you know, here behind my arm. Okay, not only was it pinched, it was twisted. Okay, my whole life I've never got a pinch. Never I've got a pinch like that. It was, you know, it was pinched and this, and I think somewhere in the Bible, I'm sure it's there. You shall not pinch and twist it as well. Okay, she literally did that, and she came close to me and do you want me to pray for you as well? And you know, you you learn not to look after a couple of pinches like that. I'm just saying. Okay, like I said, you know, I, I I figured later that I should have defined how to consent. You know, much later. Okay, I, I failed to define that. So I, I mean, I, but I'm just saying, you know, that that's you know that's the whole thing. You know that that happened to me. But um, let me just say this. Okay, I want to close with that story. Okay, I want to close with that testimony of mine. And and. The reason I want to close with that is because I know this is an area of struggle for many, many people. Okay, and I'm, I'm, you know, my focus, you know, was today on the men struggling. I know that there's a lot of women struggling in this area as well. But listen, I want us to, you know, understand that listen, if you're struggling, you don't have to struggle alone. You don't have struggle. There is, there is beauty. There is, you know, there's a lot of peace. There's a lot of, you know. Chaos and confusion that goes out the window if you're willing to come to a place of confession and struggle, because the minute you bring it out into the light, that is where God can work and start bringing a healing and a restoration in this particular area. Joseph could have been thrown off the track. Joseph could have said that, "Listen, nobody's going to see this. I can just indulge with this, and man, I can enjoy nothing so much." But he looked at sexual immorality and he called it "it's a great wickedness before God." I will not do this. He learned to say that, "Listen, I'm not going to indulge in this. I'm not going to spend more time with you. I'm going to walk away." I remember, you know, the 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 process that I had to go through. I remember I had, you know, an entire movie collection, and they had a lot of nude scenes. They had a lot of nude things. I had to delete off that entire list of completely. Why? Because I was really vulnerable in that way. 
you know i had to i remember i gave access you know of my facebook page and that's why you know if you if you are connected with us on facebook okay if my instagram all right my instagram we have one account we have one account it's only my name that's there but listen trust me if you see me online at all time it's not me understand there's somebody who also has access to that it's it's my wife. okay she has access to all of my phones messages my whatsapp my anything and everything she has all of my passwords i came to a place that i was willing to be completely transparent before me why because i knew i was struggling in this i didn't want to have to go back and deal with this entire area and i'm not saying that you know that today i didn't struggle like sometimes you know i'm human you know sometimes when things you know a flash before yes i do struggle but i know that you know when i struggle i have the full freedom and the confidence to go to her and tell her that listen i'm struggling in this thing i'm living with pain I, i don't know if i've shared this you know when I, when we were doing the love sex and you know the marriage series all right when we were talking about the whole idea of sex you know what i did i deleted facebook i deleted instagram completely off my phone i told her listen it's going to be a very very volatile period for me for the next 3 weeks in a row i want you to keep access and track of all this when she realized that, she realized and she said yes i'm going to do what i can also in my help to help you this there is a lot of freedom in you know this particular area if you're willing to come and open up and share it with someone that goes okay i want us to look to the lord in prayer okay even as we look to the lord in prayer right now i want us to you know come before the lord with a sense of openness not with a sense of judgment not with a sense that listen i've messed it up then you talk about porn you talked about all these things but i've actually indulged in the area of sex can i tell you this it's never too late to come before the lord and just because you've indulged just because you've fallen doesn't mean that you know your walk or your purpose and god has for your life is completely over it's not it's not over for god the only person who can thwart god's plans for your life are you and So stop judging yourself. Stop condemning yourself. Stop living, you know, through that guilt and through that shame of, you know, what has come along with every act that has been done. God is gracious enough to forgive you of your thoughts. God is gracious enough to forgive you of your acts. Jesus died on the cross for your iniquities, for your thoughts, as well as for the sins that you did outside of Him. Your acts. The only thing that's required for us is to come to a place where we're willing to confess it and say it out before the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I want to just encourage everyone, you know, whoever is listening to this, listen. If you want to come and confess it, if you want to bring it out, you want to share about these areas of struggling in your own life, listen. We're there to listen and to pray with you and to help you out to come overcome this particular area. I've had victory in this area, and I believe God wants us to walk in victory in this area of our lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, even as we come into your presence this evening, Lord, we want to thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord, Father, for speaking and ministering your word to us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, Father, Lord, Lord, even for helping us to be open about this area, Lord, Father, to be able to talk about this area, Lord. God, we know that's not an area that many people bring out into the open, Lord. It's not an area which many people wants to really talk about, Lord Father. But Lord, we believe by faith, Lord, that it is an area, Lord Father, that you want us to bring into the light, Lord. Because Father, you work in the light, Lord. You are you are the Father of lights, Lord. And Father, we believe, Lord, as we bring this area before you, Lord. As we bring this area, Lord Father, Lord, before you, we pray that you would take it, Lord Father. Help us, Lord, to be able to overcome in this area, Lord. Lord, just like you give us a revelation, Lord Father, Lord, not to look, Lord. Lord, help us not to look at these things, Lord Father. Lord, every time, Lord Father, there's something attractive that goes above us, Lord Father. Lord, teach us, Lord Father, Lord, to turn away from that place, Lord Father. Lord, I pray, Father, that Lord, that we will be able to put into practice what we heard, Lord. That we will not look, Lord Father, Lord, so. that we will not develop lust in our hearts lord father lord i pray lord jesus for every person who is listening lord lord if they are struggling in this area father i pray that you would 
touch them right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. The spirit of lust, I command it to leave right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. I pray, Lord Father, Lord, there will be a spirit of purity in this place, Lord Father. Lord, we know, Lord Father, Lord, even this land of Manipal, Lord, it's been so corrupted by the spirit, Father. Lord, we pray, Lord Father, Lord, as a church, Lord, we can, Lord Father, Lord, start imparting the spirit of purity into this place, Lord. Father, we pray, Lord, in the days to come, Lord, the spirit of lust will come, Lord, leave this place completely in the name of Jesus, Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you once again for your word. We stand by the covering of your precious blood in this place, Lord. Lord, we believe by faith that you're going to do great things in this place in the days to come, Lord. We want to thank you, we pray. We surrender each of us into your hands, Lord. Lord, the area of struggle, Lord. Lord, is going to be an area of testimony and victory in the name of Jesus, Lord. We thank you, Father. We surrender every person listening to this in the name of Jesus, Lord. Thank you, we praise you. In Jesus' most mighty and precious name, we pray. Amen. Receive the benediction. May the love of God our Father. The that really spoke to me. And I pray that it spoke to you as well. I want you to remember this. It doesn't matter what you're going through and where you're at. Our Heavenly Father is always with you. I want to say this, if you need prayer or you want to reach out to us, send us an email or DM us on Instagram. You know, let us know if we can serve you in any way. Just a reminder, don't forget to subscribe so that you can tune in with us again. And I'm really hoping to see you next week.